Welcome to Eye on the Illini. This is Illini guy Mike Kegley. I'm here with Matt Stevens, the Illini guy staff reporter, who has literally, as you guys have seen this week, been writing 24 hours a day as he has had story after story covering and getting us ready for this first few days of football practice as we have the new 2022 season upon us. Matt, we're a couple days in now. I know that there wasn't a lot that you could see today, but uh, any thoughts here after two days of practice? Uh, That I think the idea that, um, you know, again, I like the idea that Barry Loney's doing a complete I don't know what you want to call it, but an install again with everybody. Um, Those 15 practices in the spring were incredibly beneficial to those that were there. Tommy DeVito being one, uh, you know, Alex Pilstrom being the center, being another uh, Isaiah Williams, you know, your star wide receiver to your Chase Browns. Those are, those are guys that needed to get the basics down, Yep. but they're starting from scratch again because there's guys that have come in whether they're transfers or whether they're incoming freshmen that have no, or a backup quarterback in Art Sikowski that didn't take one physical rep in the spring that need to get that down from square one. And I, I, I think Barry's got a plan um, from day one to, you know, August 27th when they start to play, you know, I guess August 26th, the day before they're going to play Wyoming on the 27th at three o'clock on Big Ten Network. And he's done this before. And I think that there's a comprehensive plan for Barry to, to get this offense ready. It's going to look different but I don't know if it's going to be philosophically that much different because, you know, I talked to Barry Lenny today, so meaning uh, Sunday after practice number two. And I got a sense, Mike, that there are a lot of guys on this football team, specifically on offense that have bought into Barry Lenny. And the reason I feel that way is you got after day one, you got Casey Washington looking at all of the local reporters and saying, guys, you realize we're going to run the football a lot and they were going to be predicated on running the football and everything we do after that is going to be predicated on running the football. And that's the wide receiver who, quite frankly, and I know I'm painting with a broad brush, plays a position where the guy usually, you know, measures his own personal value with targets and catches and yards and touchdowns. And he's he's looking at a big picture and saying, this is what we do really, really well, and I want to win football games. And our offensive coordinator is not an idiot, and I think he understands how to win football games. And this is, this is what he's told us is going to work and we need to be prepared to, you know, supplement our run game with a, with an adequate pass game. And I, I, I think that they're, uh, they're way above sketch. I'll tell you the one thing, Mike, that I was really impressed with when the 15 minutes we got to watch on, on day one is that they are so far above, so far beyond where a team usually is on day one because of the new NCAA rule that allowed them to practice with a ball with coaches in the summer um, and get a little bit of time that way. I cannot underestimate. I cannot underappreciate or underestimate the amount of importance that gave to this team when they're trying to implement a completely new offensive system, um, and uh, how much how much crisper and how much better the practices look in day one and day two um, when uh, when that was able to happen during the summer. So, in your opinion, does this uh, group of offensive players seem to be more behind their coordinator? than they were last year. Are you seeing any differences there? I know that's kind of splitting hairs, but um, any thoughts on that? I, I would not go as far as to say that there was, there was any not buying into Tony Peterson. I won't go, I won't go there um, okay. because 
I do think that, you know, the BPs of the world, they bought into Tony. I think Art bought into Tony. Otherwise, I don't think he'd be at Illinois at all. Right. Um, Donovan Leary bought into Tony. You know, the quarterback prospect uh, in the 2022 class, it's an incoming freshman that now has just experienced just two practices. Yep. Um, the difference being is I, I feel like there's a there's – a, um, there's a symmetry to what Coach B wants to do as compared to what Barry wants to do because of their time together at Arkansas. And, you know, there's a symmetry there of trust. Um, I'll, I'll just, I don't know if it's from players to coordinator, Mike, okay. but I never bought in from day one, the idea that Brett Bielema thought it was really important that he hired two coordinators he'd never met before uh, or never worked with before. Um, and I, I never, I didn't think that that made any sense at all. Now it worked out great with Ryan Walters because he's independently great. And I think right. he's going to be a great coach and a, probably a head coach here real soon. Uh, it did not work with Tony Peterson. And I, I, I didn't know how it was going to, to be quite honest as, from afar. And so I think that there's a symmetry to what, how Brett sees how his offense should be, how Barry sees how his offense should be. And then I think that little time that Brett's had in the NFL and that little time that Barry's had at UTSA have allowed them to, uh, you know, incorporate some differences in their own philosophy now since they've split up. But now that they've rejoined together, I, I do think that there's a there's a you know, we've talked a lot about Brett Bielema's, you know, one month plan, one year plan and one five year plan. And I, I, I think that Barry has the same kind of linear kind of thought. I have a plan for today. I have a plan for the opener on August 27th. I have a plan for the 2023 season. And I, I get that they're just, they're just wired this kind of similarly in that way. And, and, and I think it works out well. Um, so some say we have a quarterback battle. What do you think of this? I will not be one of the some. Um, Tommy <laughs> DeVito will start week one. I, I just, unless Tommy DeVito, Here's how I'll put it, and I don't want to even put I, – I, I don't want to put this thought in the mind of, you know, our subscribers or Illini fans, but I can't possibly concept the idea of how much Tommy DeVito is going to have to struggle throughout these, this next, I don't know, month of fall camp for this to be, a, to be a legit, I don't know, battle or for Art Sitkowski to be taking the first snap from center in week one. I won't say that it's a hundred percent guarantee that I've been told that Tommy DeVito will start, but it will, it, it Brett Bielema has said somebody will have to separate themselves throughout camp for him to announce a starter. Now I understand that because look at it, looking at it from Brett's perspective. And I've told this to some to several people, if you're Art Sitkowski and you already on August 1st hear that Tommy DeVito is the starting quarterback, there is this thing called the transfer portal that Art Sitkowski could enter, enter, and I know he'd have to sit now a year, but, you know, Art's, Art's you know, he could, he could graduate from the U of I and then end up being a graduate tra you know, transfer next year. And I, I think, Brett, again, the one year, you know, the one month, the one year and the five-year plan, Brett's trying to not lose Art Sitkowski in mind and in soul and in body you know, for not only this year, but for next year. And right. I think he needs him to be locked in. I, what I will say is I think Tommy DeVito starts the week one opener, but Mike, you and I were both there at Memorial stadium last year in the opener against Nebraska. And after the first quarter, Illinois had a new quarterback. Yep. So they better both be locked in. 
throughout this month of August. And I think they will be. It's just going to be interesting to me that now when Art now can take physical reps, which he could not do in the spring, doesn't mean he didn't throw right. in front of coaches, but he didn't take physical reps inside the offense and in scrimmages. Didn't take one single one. Um, he's going to get he's getting the opportunity now to do that. He needs to prepare himself like he's going to start against Wyoming because there is a, a a good chance based off of what happened last year that at some point this year, I think Illinois might need him because um, it is just so beneficial for this program right now to have two guys that they, they trust to start a football game. And I think that Brett Bielema knows that I think by the time August 27th rolls around, he's going to have that no matter who he picks. But I couldn't be more confident that Tommy DeVito is the starting quarterback and he was brought here to start games against Wyoming and get and get Illinois off to the kind of start that fans hope that they can get into in this month of September. Okay. Um, when we look at, at, at uh, did Barry Lunny have anything else that jumped out at you from conversation? Not particularly. I think I think he he is. Um, it's 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 a lot of Nick Sabanism, which is process. You know, we have to, we have to find, um, Barry does a really good job of trying to find small victories. You know, yep. if I have four quarterbacks lining up running route trees with four wide receivers and they all complete the pass and not a ball hits the ground in, in a rep, that's a victory for Illinois right now, you know, and that's a confidence. That's just confidence building from day one in rep one to, day two and rep two and kind of those things. So um, Barry knows that he's got a lot to install right now, but I think he feels pretty good about a, the buy-in for missed players and B the, uh, the amount of, um, you know, quality offensive talent that he might have in say a run and running back room and some veterans that he has coming back on this offensive line that can, that can help him early on um, kind of be coaches on the field in terms of what he's got in terms of veteran leadership, whether that be Alex Palczewski, whether that be Chase Brown, whether that be Isaiah Williams. Okay. So flipping over to the other side of the ball, um, you know, what, what's coming back that uh, Illini fans should be happy about? The law firm. I, I, I am very, very excited about an, a year or two in this defense for Keith Randolph and, and uh, Johnny Newton. I think that they could be very, very, if they can stay healthy, can be very, very productive. And the reason, Mike, I feel that way is I was almost caught off guard by this nose tackle transfer from Vanderbilt, Rashawn R.J. Wilkins, who I believe is just as athletic as Rod Perry was last year, who started in the middle of that defense, um, that 3-4 defense, but 15 to 20 pounds bigger. And, um, you know, just an absolute animal of an athlete even at that 320, 325 pound, you know, mass. Um, I'm very excited about, you know, the depth of that room under Terrence Jamison. When you add a piece like Bryce Barnes, who comes over from an outside linebacker this spring, he looks like he's even a little bit bigger. He can provide some depth for Keith and Johnny up there. Um, and then the idea that Illinois is very, very hopeful they're going to get more than one game out of C.J. Hart. Um, yep. yeah, they got yeah, last exactly. year. They, they are they are very, very happy, I think, with with who they can probably start in the front seven of their 3-4 scheme. And they're very, very happy about the idea that, uh, you know, this defense, while it was so, so transformative last year, they don't lose that many pieces. You've got to figure out outside linebacker um, with who's going to replace Owen Carney Jr. and Isaiah Gay. 
But people forget that Isaiah Gay got benched halfway in the year for a guy named Seth Coleman, who's back and who is now in year two of this defense. And I think Alec Bryant, the transfer from Virginia Tech, I mean, I'm sorry, but like if you if you look like a pass rusher and you act like a pass rusher in practice, eventually I have to feel like Alec Bryant's going to be a really good pass rusher in games. Um, which he was not allowed to compete in last year as a, as a late transfer to the fall roster. But I think he can be a very big difference maker for this Illini football team. Um, and then you would argue that the one quality piece that Illinois lost on this defense last year was Kirby Joseph. Yep. But he was such a shock to the system of this, of, of this coaching staff of his, his one year you know, renaissance and, and just unbelievable uptick that he had that they feel really, really good about guys like Devin Witherspoon and Sidney Brown and Quan Martin that are going to be back in the secondary. Mike, I, I think Ryan Walters feels like not only is he in, he in year two of, a, of the same system, so guys feel comfortable with where they're at, what they're doing, and what they're being asked to do, but he's got a lot of pieces back from that defense individually that he feels like he can really work with. And, and some of the guys that, that weren't big difference makers on this defense that are maybe in that too deep who might get some snaps. They were around last year too. So I, I, I would not suspect that the defense takes a massive ship step backwards from last year. Okay. So that means if we get some offensive progress, that this could be an interesting year. That's um, the idea. If you're Brett yeah, Bielema and yeah. what he has, pre- he has preached since, I don't know, the spring. So Sean Snyder comes in. Uh, steps in, you know, to the coaching staff. Maybe you can give a little bit of background for anybody who may not be aware of that, and then we can talk a little bit about what he brings to the table. Well, there was a pretty successful coach in Manhattan, Kansas, named Bill Snyder, and yep. um, and he produced a pretty – his offspring produced a pretty fundamentally sound special teams coordinator and, and, and you know, obviously special teams coach and, uh, and assistant head coach in, in Sean Snyder. Um, and it is no secret that Sean would be the guy to come in in this kind of situation that involves, you know, Ben Miller still, you know, fighting his colon cancer um, diagnosis, uh, which everybody has uh, that I've been told says that Ben's doing a heck of a lot better. Um, and, you know, they, there's still a lot of hope that Ben will be back for the 2023 season. Um, but when you have to go, you know, make this kind of, you know, kind of a move and, and, and everybody involved has kind of admitted that this is a temporary deal. Um, Sean Snyder has even admitted on Sunday that he, he's approaching this, like it's a temporary deal. Um, Brett Bielema knew exactly where to turn and he turned to a former teammate of his at Iowa um, and a guy that's been under a lot of good staffs. Uh, Sean Snyder was, is an excellent special teams coach. And you would think, well, who, where is he else has he been besides working for his dad? Well, the last two years he was at USC and they had pretty good special teams. Um, what I think Sean brings to this staff, and specifically the special teams group, is Mike. I know this sounds really weird, and I think it's I think it's funny to say, but it is true. There are a lot of special teams coordinators all around the country, and I would say less than five percent of them have expertise in terms of actually kicking a football, like the actual kicking game. Of right, it. right. Um, these kickers and the punters, when they show up in college, they still have to focus. And they still have to rely on these private coaches that they had back to either in their hometown or their high school or, or wherever to help 
you know, if they, if they need a readjustment or they need just a confidence booster, or they just need like, 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 like a golf instructor, or like a golf coach, I just need to know, I just need some reinforcement that I'm doing the right, that I, everything looks fine. Right. And so they have to send this video out via Skype, or they have to do these FaceTimes with these private coaches. Sean Snyder was an all big eight punter and he made it to the NFL. He made it to a cup of coffee within the NFL as a punter. Um, he knows how, what kickers and punters are looking for, and he can give you that feedback instantly instead of the next day or the next hour, you know, and, and, or whenever you have a time available. I think that's going to be so beneficial when you have a new starter at kicker, a new starter at punter, and a new starter at long snapper um, like Illinois does this year. Hugh Robertson's going to get instant feedback from Sean Snyder. Caleb Griffin's going to get instant feedback from Sean Snyder. And I think that that's, that's going to make Illinois special teams even better, especially in a year where you lose James McCourt and you lose Blake Hayes. Um, and, and you start to ask yourself is, is, is the, you know, is the kicking game specifically going to take a dip with those guys, you know, graduating? Um, I don't know whether it will or it won't, but I think Sean, Sean Snyder will get them prepared. Well, and, and of course the other thing that Illinois has is if they really get into some trouble with the kicking and punting, we can always get uh, Luke Ford to reach out to the WWE and get Pat McAfee, and yeah. we'll get some coaching right right up real quick there. Yeah, there's didn't a, see that uh, one coming, did you, Matt? <laughs> no, I did. I, I, the minute you mentioned Luke Ford, I knew where this was going. And <laughs> let me tell you something, Mike. I, I really think the WWE's got enough problems right now. Like I don't, I don't, I don't think Brett Hewlett's going to be turning to the WWE for counsel on much. I, I don't know. Matt, Pat McAfee beat uh, you know former Indianapolis Colt offensive lineman Baron Corbin last. Last night, so so, so yeah, I, tough for a kicker. Well, and, and well, uh, you know, if, if I'll be honest with you, if 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 you've ever met or dealt with Bill Snyder, and you've dealt with him a as your dad and b as your boss, like I don't think toughness is something that John Snyder is lacking in any <laughs> kind of kind of capacity. So, um, it, it was somebody that I think immediately, I think Brett Bielema knew he could turn to, put him on his staff. I found it interesting that, you know, last year, Brett Bielema wanted to bring Sean Snyder in permanently anyway. And he had a good thing going at Southern Cal at the time and then just didn't get retained by Lincoln Riley. So this just this, this makes all the sense in the world. Like Courtney Messingham, who is now also from Kansas State, um, as the, you know, offensive analyst that Brett has brought in, um, which is a 31-year offensive coordinator in Power 5 football to bring in as, a, as an analyst, an off-field analyst to your program. Um, Brett's trying to basically bring in as many people that he knows that has experience to where it's like, Hey, I, I don't want this to be like a Stockholm syndrome. Do you think I'm doing something wrong? You need to tell me. And these are two guys that I think he can turn to and go, tell me if I'm doing something wrong, tell me now. And, and they have, they have the, 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 the stroke and they have the, uh, now the platform to be able to tell Brett, you know, this looks kind of weird and, and Brett will listen. So I think that's another value that these that not only Sean, but Courtney and then Mess brings to to this, this new staff um, going into the 2022 season. Yeah, and I don't think anybody who's, you know, not over 30, or anybody who's, you know, younger than 30, I should say, really understands just how putrid Kansas State football was until Bill Snyder got there. Because literally, I don't know that they had a coach with a winning record. You have to go back to the 1930s 
for for Kansas State to have a and, and that's like a 500 coach. Um, and then Bill Snyder shows up. And again, when you're a kid my age, you know, we used to see the scores at halftime and it was always, you know, Oklahoma 78, Kansas State zero. And it's at the half, you know, and and then Oklahoma's putting in all, like their freshman team and they end up winning like 84 to three or something like that. And then you'd see the score with Oklahoma and it'd be, you know, similar. Nebraska, Oklahoma would just pound them. And, and even teams, you know, like, you know, Missouri or, or other teams, you know, Arkansas would go in and, and beat these teams, you know, beat, beat them bad, you know. And um, it was just a, uh, you know, it, it was amazing just how bad um, Kansas State football was. And if you can get somebody genetically off of the Bill Snyder uh, thing, because that may be in the history of college football, that may be the biggest turnaround of any program because you have 50 years of putrid results and Snyder won there when he was there, period. And did it in the way that I think Brett Bielema would love to do it here, which is, you know, physically be a pain in the butt to everybody we play on our schedule and fundamentally be sounder than anybody else we play on our schedule. And that includes special teams. The thing I always took away from Kansas state is that on, when it comes to, you know, defense and comes to turnovers and it comes to special teams, K-State was really never, ever going to beat themselves. You were going to have to out athlete them. And sometimes people did, but oftentimes they were able to steal victories in a, in a big eight or a big 12 situation under bill and with Sean doing special teams because they just didn't beat themselves. And I think that it's, it's, it's totally valuable for Sean to come in here and make sure that in a critical year where Illinois thinks that they're going to try, I mean, Illinois needs to improve on offense, needs to keep the level of defense that they were at. And they feel like they can do both, but what they sure can't do is have a drop off in special teams cost them a couple of games that they could win. And when you lose a Blake Hayes, when you lose a James McCourt um, and I'm telling you, people are going to laugh at this, but the one thing that keeps coaches up at night is if I lose my long snapper or my, like my multi-year yeah. starter yeah. at long snapper, Brett Bielema can go to bed, you know, the night before the opener again on August 27th and know that Sean's got everything taken care of on the special teams. And um, I really think that even in today's world where, you know, college football coaches, you only have 10 assistants. Um, devoting one side to special teams and specifically the kicking game is probably a way that you can probably steal a couple of games to steal a couple of wins and, or maintain games or maintain W's that you should get that you, that other teams might just give away in the kicking game. So yep. um, that's, that. I, I thought it was a major, major impact hire, especially in the way that it came about, you know, having to figure out is Ben going to be around? No, he's not going to be around now. Who can we go get? Good. Good. So that gives people uh, a little bit of an idea of what's going on. We will have a couple more podcasts this week to talk about Illini football because there's going to be a lot of moving parts, moving pieces, things happening every day. Let's hope the injury bug uh, avoids us this year. I think last year's basketball team paid a big enough price for both the football and basketball programs this year. I think Coach Underwood would agree with me. So uh, maybe we won't have to talk about that so much. Any closing thoughts here, Matt, as we uh, wrap this uh, edition of Eye on the Illini up? 
Yeah, I really want to encourage people to go find the the enterprise feature that's up there on Isaiah Williams, and here's why. Um, they brought they were Illinois allowed him to do 15 to 20 minute individual one on one interviews with with local media, including myself. Yep. Like I walked away from that meeting with a completely different perspective of number one with of Isaiah Williams. I really thought everything about him was, you know, just this stubborn um, guy who, who was never going to buy into this position change. And then when he finally did, it was because, okay, yeah, I, I came away from that, that 15 minutes and then writing that feature, understanding that there's more to not only football, but there's also more to, you know, his personality than people, than, than a lot of people know about Isaiah Williams. I walked away from that meeting, Mike, thinking if Isaiah Williams never plays in the NFL, he's going to still be all right. Like, and um, his attitude is defines, I think, I would not be shocked if at the end of the year he's voted as a captain, even though he's only a junior. Um, and uh, it's, it's very, very apparent that if Isaiah can have a big year, this Illinois team is going to do some big things. So I was really happy with the way that came out. I was really happy with the way that Isaiah presented himself in Indianapolis. Um, and I really encourage anybody to read that. Perfect. Yeah. And that, that for folks who are, uh, you know, look over to lineguys.com, uh, the title of that's I look for reasons to stay at Illinois, uh, Illini wide receiver, Isaiah Williams has overcome early struggles and determined to lead in 2022. That article came out yesterday on July 30th. And, um, one of the ones I was referring to from Matt's busy week where it melted down his, uh, word processor program on his computer um that who is need, that who needs sleep mike cagley exactly, really exactly. In really in all reality yeah exactly so uh a couple things that come through we'll, we will talk with matt again on uh on tuesday and probably again on thursday um but we do want to remind uh everybody the first annual illini guys golf outing is going to be on friday august 26th it's at the Adkins Golf Club. And if you go to IlliniGuys.com, you can sign up for the golf tournament there. Uh, additionally, if you go out on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, maybe TikTok, um, we've got those, we've got links to that all over the place. So if you uh, want to get there, that is actually going to be the day before the Wyoming game. Be a lot of good fun. Uh, please. Uh, think about coming. Uh, basically, uh, it's going to be Illini Guys subscribers, uh, Illini Guys radio partners, and uh, there'll be a few slots open for the public. This uh, sign-up closes on August 8th. Please feel free to sign up. We think it's going to be a good time, and pretty much the whole Illini Guy crew will be there. So Larry Smith is uh, hes getting his uh, – I think he's getting the governor of Kentucky's jet to fly up from Lexington. Um, to make it to the thing. And of course, Brad Sturdy will be there. Matt will be there. Kedrick will be there. Um, it'll be, it'll be just everybody and it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, and of course you hear about IlliniGuys.com. That's what the, what uh, fuels this whole thing. You can uh, subscribe at IlliniGuys.com for only $99 a year and you get a free seven day trial. After that seven day trial, we will then bill you let you kick the tires on the car. We don't have very many people who say they're not going to join after that. 
but it's getting towards football season and you will want to be a subscriber to have access to everything. And of course, as you guys know, we also have Mike Farrell, who is starting uh, with us. He is the uh, godfather of college recruiting. Longtime Rivals uh, reporter is also going to be talking Illini recruiting with us. And we're excited to have him on board. That starts on Monday, August 1st. And finally, if you listen to us on the radio, the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular is a two-hour weekly show. It is on, on 30 signals across the state of Illinois, and we would love to have you take a listen to us there. And you can check out all the different stations on IlliniGuys.com. Hit the radio button. You can see what stations we're on, what day, usually Friday, Saturday, and one Sunday, and what time. And you can find the closest station that you can get and turn it on, take a listen. The only thing we ask you to do is please call up the station and thank them for broadcasting the Illini guys. It will help us out tremendously. And the last thing is, We've got a family of podcasts. We have Keds Recruiting Roundup, and we have Sturdy's award-winning Sturdy for 30. Make sure you listen to those as well as I on the Illini. With that, this is Illini guy Mike Kegley, and I am uh, thanking uh, Matt Stevens for jumping on the show, and we will talk to you guys sometime the late hours of Tuesday, early hours of Wednesday. Thank you. <laughs>